0: You're listening to What the Catholic, a Colonel Catholic podcast where we discuss various topics submitted by our students. We hope you enjoy this episode. God bless and go Colonels. I love the name of the chapel, the Two Hearts Chapel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people, yeah, the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. I, when I came here, um, so when I first came to to Nichols, I had never heard of the Chaste Heart of Joseph before. Um, and just through different different stories and different people who had a devotion to St. Joseph, just getting to hear about his chaste heart mm-hmm. um, was something that just completely blew me away. Um, and it just really speaks into what we're going to talk about today. Uh, yeah, this virtue of chastity. Yep. What does that look like? Awesome. Um, which, yeah, I just think that's really cool. Yep. <clears throat>
1: yeah. I'm excited uh, about this, this topic. I used to spend... Before I became a priest, I spent like two and a half years of my life traveling around the country speaking to teenagers about chastity.
0: Mm. I think too, chastity is just so misunderstood. Yeah. Um, I think when we think of chastity, a lot of times we think of like chastity belts and locking yourself away and (laughs) just these really ridiculous images of, um, yeah, these like really prude images of like, well, you're no fun, you're, I don't know, a goody two shoes or whatever. We think of these images of, of, of chat, like that's what we think of when we think of chastity um, a lot of times, oftentimes. But um, yeah, we just kind of want to talk about what chastity is, what it isn't. Um, one of the questions we've gotten a lot um, from students, and even with it when we opened up questions for the podcast, were how far is too far? What does chastity look like? Uh, what does chastity in all vocations look like? Different things like that. So those are kind of the things that, that we want to hit on today. Um, we're really excited to have Father Mitch with us, yeah, he has been <coughs> super busy, um, and we've missed him so much, yeah. um, and then myself, Megan, and Garrett are here as well, uh, <coughs> from the focus team here at Nichols, just to talk a little bit more about this this really interesting topic.
2: Yep. Yeah. I think where we can <coughs> kind of start off with, is first we're going to read from the Catechism, what the Catechism says about chastity, but... We were talking about images earlier, right? And us being as persons, you know, created beings from God, we are made in His image. Yep. And so I think that's kind of the foundation that we need to build off of, is like recognizing who we are first in order to understand like what chastity is in our life and to tackle some of the misunderstandings of that. So yep. just to always understand chastity in light that we are sons and daughters, that we are made for a relationship. Um, and so, I'm gonna read from the Catechism. Um, it's under, underneath paragraph 2337. Um, and this is what the Catechism says. Chastity means the successful integration of sexuality within the person, and thus the inner unity of man in his bodily and spiritual being. Sexuality in which man's belonging to the bod- bodily and biological world is expressed becomes personal and truly human when it is integrated into the relationship of one person to another in the complete and lifelong mutual gift of a man and a woman. The <laughs> virtue of chastity therefore involves the integrity of the person and the integrality of the gift.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful.
0: Speaking like, breaking it down, like what does it mean to uphold one's integrity and like what does that, what does that look like? Um, Yeah, Someone um, once told me that um, when you are with someone intimately um, and when you enter into the marital act, um, that your souls, yeah, we say that two become one. That's not this flowery language. That's literal. Our souls bind to one another and they become one flesh. And so a priest one time explained to me, he was like, so Megan, if if these people are, are separating after they've entered into this covenant, um, with their bodies, if they've, if they've slept together and then they're breaking up and they're, they're going off and sleeping with other people or they get married one day or whatever the case is, then those, those, that flesh that became one literally has to rip itself apart Mm -hmm. to become two again. Yeah. And that imagery just has always stuck with me i'm like ow that sucks that is that sounds horrible um but that's like that's what we're doing when we enter into the marital act with our bodies but we're not entering into the marital act altogether um so when we enter when we have premarital sex that's like what what is happening is is we're we're saying one thing with our bodies and we're we're doing a complete different thing um and the, the priest that was speaking to me was telling me about um, just like some healing um, that, that someone he knew had experienced. And he said that when he was praying with this particular person, that um, there were so many soul ties that this, yeah. this woman had had to these men that she was with. Um, and so every time we're, we're intimate in that way, a piece of our soul latches onto theirs Um, And it's painful when that breaks apart. And so, if nothing else, like, guarding yourself from that type of pain, Mm -hmm. but also wanting to live out the virtue for the sake of living out the virtue. Um, But it's just, like, interesting to know, like, that's why it hurts. That's why it feels so empty. Um, is because we're literally ripping ourselves from another person.
2: Mm -hmm. I think you can kind of see that in (coughs) a more visible way. You know, you're speaking of the soul. But also in, like relationship-wise like how much harder is it when you break up with someone that you've shared intimacy with mm. you know How much more does it hurt because you say that I shared this part of my life with you something that's sacred something that means a lot to me yeah. I shared this with you. That's right. And now it means nothing to you. That's right. But how much more uh, how much easier is it like when <coughs> we when we pursue chastity or pursue virtuous dating in a correct context that like when we're not meant for each other, when we haven't shared this intimacy, in this way, that how much easier it is for us to, to let go of one another, to to go our separate ways. It's not more of a of a ripping. It's more just like we're both letting go.
1: It's like yeah. a, it's, a it's a normal a, discernment, yep. yeah. Right. Yep. And I think that's the key word. Is like, what's the purpose of <coughs> dating? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. It's not. I think today's <laughs> hookup culture. It's so disordered. It's almost like the first thing yeah. you do is get in bed together, mm-hmm. and then you decide if you want to start dating. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it that's somewhat of a common thing that mm-hmm. happens now, yeah. and uh, and man, that's just jacked up because I mean you can't uh, you can't properly see is this person meant for to be my wife? Is this person meant to be my husband? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the purpose of dating. I remember giving a homily one time and spoke about that. And it like opened up college students' eyes. Like I never thought of, like that's the purpose. That's why yeah. I, myself, grew, you know, going through high school and college. Um, you know, I would I, I knew pretty much after two three months mm-hmm. whether or not this girl was gonna be the one that I could marry. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I never really had a relationship past four <coughs> months, because what's the purpose of dating? I mean, anything past that, yeah. I'm just gonna put myself in in temptation situations I'm gonna grow and grow and grow and I'm you know but if she's not the one I'm wasting both of our times
0: yeah Mm -hmm. and creating attachments that don't need to be there exactly yeah I think that's so true and I I tell my girls this all the time there are only two options in a relationship it's either you're going to marry that person or you're going to break up that's right there is no (laughs) other there are no other options so So is it your husband or Amy (laughs) you know like if he's not your husband then get out that's right, and not not just for your sake, but for his too. I mean, don't waste that poor boy's time.
1: That's right.
0: We've talked, yeah. So we've talked a lot about like why we why we struggle with chastity, like what what those relationships look like. What are like practical ways? Because like we obviously want we want to overcome this, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and we don't want to live live this way. We don't want to live with our souls being ripped in, in two every five minutes, and we don't want to. Um, be so dependent on one another that we're uh-huh. like so fearful of being alone. Yeah. So what are what are like practical um, ways for men and women um, in college to live out the virtue of chastity? What does that look like? Um,
2: I think the very first thing of to living out chastity is uh, you just want to get to know the person first. Um, even before that, you want to understand yourself. Um, with, my own, with my own self, like I had to understand my struggles first. Um, and I had to be humble, I had to live out true humility and that's like knowing yourself. And so putting aside my pride and just simply sitting down with the Lord and saying, all right Lord, these are the things that I struggle with. Um, what are some practical things that I can do? And some of the things that we did in our relationship, uh, we set boundaries at the beginning. Uh, So, separately, we sat down with the Lord in the chapel um, and just talked to him about the good things about our relationship, Um, what are the things that, like, we struggle with personally, and then how can we uh, create boundaries so that we can avoid temptation. And those boundaries look different for everyone, because everyone has different struggles. Um, Everyone has had past experiences that are different. Um, Just like a few of the things that we did, uh, you should always think of a time, like, what's a good time to that you should set to not be alone and so 10 30 was our time after 10 30 we knew that like uh we didn't we shouldn't be alone together and so 10 30 was the time that we set and even within that like i would set an alarm on my phone for 10 20 and that would help us recognize and we would we would pray and then i would leave or she (laughs) would leave um and just like setting the boundaries within your own household like you shouldn't go into each other's room unless it's like, you know, clean or tidy, and you know, there's nothing in there that could provoke mm-hmm. the imagination. Um, and then, yeah, just not laying on each other, uh, staying away from those types of temptations mm-hmm. are just a few things that yeah. we came up with.
0: And I think it's so important, like you said, to set boundaries at the beginning. I think so often what you find is that people don't set boundaries until they fall. Yep. Um, and so it's so much more difficult to, to set boundaries once you fall in. Now, that's not to say it. if that's where you're at um, and you're listening. Yeah, it's th-
1: always possible. It's always right. possible. And, right. and
0: still try to set boundaries like that. Those are so good um, to implement. But I think that right at the beginning of a relationship is when boundaries are the most effective. If we, yep. if we set them ahead of time, um, then we're less likely to fall. Yep. Something someone told me once um, <clears throat> was it boundaries or not? Um, boundaries are not in place to be right next to the thing that you struggle with, right next to the sin, but to actually have boundaries set far enough away from the sin itself Uh to where if you slip up or if you fall or if you accidentally stay till 1035, you're not falling into the sins of unchastity. Um, You just realize, okay, we like broke a boundary, nothing happened but it could have, and like we mm-hmm. don't want that to happen. So what can we do to avoid this from happening again? Yep. Um, and just working together. And another thing, so setting the boundary far enough away from the trip up um, point. Yep. And then I think, too, another thing that I've seen so many of my girls struggle with, I know Garrett's seen it too, um, and Father, I know you've seen it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that if both people don't want to live a chase lifestyle, it does not doesn't work work. Doesn't
1: um. work it's even difficult if only one of them wants it yeah mm-hmm. you know that's what I find and I'm sure y'all can attest to this is you know as you guys are you know out on the campus and you're reaching out and um, people are coming into the church um, they may have been in a relationship that was a toxic relationship and there was no boundaries because no one ever spoke to them about it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then one of them starts to have a conversion <coughs> and then wants to start setting boundaries yeah. and man I if the other one doesn't want it, gosh, it doesn't really work out. There's always tension. Yeah. And it usually it usually breaks a couple apart. Right. That's been my experience so far. What's y'all's experiences with that? Whenever one converts and the other one says, I'm not there yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's how it happens a lot of the time. And I think the reality of the situation is that taking a step back from that relationship and taking a step away does not mean that the relationship is gone forever. But it's, it's letting the other person know that you're, one, serious about this, um, and two, that this is important to you, important enough to step away, to walk yep. away from something that you don't agree with. Um, and if you're willing to do that, I think, one, the Lord is going to bless that abundantly, yeah. mm-hmm. um, your trust in Him. Two, I think that p- when people try to... Convert or evangeldate as <laughs> <Evangidate>. <laughs> Says that, Jason Everett? I guess, calls it yeah. <laughs> <coughs> or missionary That's dating. Um, That's when we try to evangeldate or when we try to evangelize the person that we're with, um, because we've had a conversion, oftentimes that person ends up making you an idol
1: hmm. um, in the
0: process because they're not changing because they've encountered the risen Lord. They're changing because You've encountered the risen Lord, and you're not going to sleep with them. And it's like, that's not a good enough reason um, to practice chastity. It's, a, it's okay, but eventually <coughs> there's like this level of resentment that comes up um, until that person encounters the risen Lord for themselves. Yep. I think it's really good to step away from that relationship altogether. So one of the questions that we actually got submitted um, in the box uh-huh. um, <coughs> was how far is too far? Um, I love this question <laughs> yep. so much. Um, one, I think it's the wrong question. I think that question. Yeah. If you're asking that question, um, I'm not saying that you're wrong or that. But I think that that's the, that's well, it's, the, the it's, wrong state of mind.
1: It is. It's like an athlete going to his coach. <coughs> the same coach how much do I really have to practice just to stay on the team? Right. right. Exactly. Like the coach would look at him and go, well, you first of all, you're off the team. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want a minimalist on the team. Right. right. Or, or what, if a, what if a young man approaches a girl and says, okay, I want to date you, but how how much do I really have to give in this relationship? What's the most, like, I, have what's to the pay? most I have to do to still be your boyfriend? Like man, yeah, um, that is you totally later, wrong question,
0: dude. Yeah, yeah. Apply that it to
1: any other part of life,
0: and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So it's like, yeah, how how much minimal effort? But I think that I think it I think that the question is aiming at a different it is. a different it answer. Is. But I I do think that's the wrong question and in the, in the wrong mindset. But um, what it, it makes me think of is an experience I had in college. Um, I went to this virtuous dating panel, and <coughs> excuse me, um, a bunch of missionaries from all over came. And this guy, Ben, he was a missionary at Texas at the time, at UT Austin. And he came in, and one of the girls in the group asked, asked him, um, is making out OK? How far is too far? And he said, um, he said, yeah, I, I think that we have to take a step further back than just looking at making out. So he said, what is the purpose of a hug? So oh. what's the purpose of a hug?
1: That's right.
0: Um, to share an intimate moment, to show someone that you care for them. Yeah. I love um, hugs.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I hug tree. I hug a
0: tree. I love hugs. <laughs> Louisiana is a very hug-friendly we place. We are very yes. hug-friendly. Um, and then holding hands... That's a little bit more intimate. Yep. Um, it's not like ridiculously intimate, but you wouldn't just hold hands with anybody. There are fewer people that you're going to hold hands with, right? Yep. Um, Father Mike Schmidt says, <sighs> um, <laughs> he like has this progression. He's like, and there's certain people that you're going to kiss in this way, and then there's only a few people that you're going to kiss in this way, and there should right. only be one person, <laughs> and he just kind of he kind of goes amongst the scale. Um, But Ben, basically what he was saying in this moment in this virtuous dating panel was, what is the purpose of a kiss? And it's to share an intimate moment with someone that you love, right? To show affection in a relationship. Um, But what is the point of making out?
1: Yeah, what's the purpose of a passionate kiss? Yeah,
0: what is the purpose behind it? Um,
1: To rev the engine.
0: Right, and I would argue that that is the reason um, behind making out. And some people will say, well, I just like want to be close with someone and I just want to um, experience that intimacy. But the reality is that you're you're revving the engine and if you have no intention in going anywhere, you need to turn the car off. That's right. Right? Like, if you have no intention of going past a certain place, then why are you getting close to it? It's the mere occasion of sin. Right. Um, and so setting boundaries even... Mm-hmm. Within that, like we were talking about earlier, setting boundaries far enough away from the danger zone um, or this trip-up point mm-hmm. um, to where you're not even getting close to that. So like, what does, what does that look like? Um, does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. <coughs> and I think we have to speak truth to it and, mm-hmm. and clarity to it. I'll never forget, I was a youth director back in the, well, back in the 1990s. And um, there was a young, a young man, a high schooler, that <coughs> asked me, um the same question. I mean this is <coughs> not a new question. Right. 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 Um he asked me how far is too far and and he was a cool kid. He was he was the one that I wanted in the youth group because mm-hmm. if he came then all of his football friends came and <coughs> like he was just the cool kid on campus. And uh and I I I, w- I wimped out and I didn't tell him the truth.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't remember exactly what I said, but I didn't I didn't speak the truth to him. About a week later Um, Phil Bannowitz who was the founder of Life Teen came and did a retreat for some of my teenagers uh, Mm. and trained me in youth ministry and at that retreat I was sitting right close to to the teenager and at that retreat he raised his hand and he asked Phil he said how far is too far with my girlfriend and Phil spoke right to the truth of it Mm. like what we're doing right here and that young man looked at me and he said why didn't you tell me
0: uh that gives me chills.
1: I, I know. And I heart. never saw him again. Mm. So the very way I was trying to go about <laughs> keeping him is the exact yeah. way that I lost him. Mm. I tried to water down the truth. Yeah. Man, big lesson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big 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 lesson.
0: But so but it's so cuz people are hungry for yeah, it. Yeah,
1: I think they're asking that question cuz they are hungry and they want to know. Mm-hmm. And I think we just need to be clear yeah. that it is about what's the purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. Because once you start passionate kissing, that nobody kiss. just jumps in bed and has sex without passionate kissing mm-hmm. first. Like, right. just get real, right? Yeah. Like, it always is the beginning point for what the end is. Mm-hmm. And if the end is to be, you know, consummating <coughs> and, and the one flesh union, well, man, you gotta hold that, hold that, that gift and that dignity up you know, right. for marriage. Um, but i think that that is important to say mm-hmm. yeah and i think we get that
0: yeah and i think Our, that it's so it's so important to realize like chastity is not <clears throat> all of these rules and requirements like we're talking about boundaries and we're talking about how far is too far And we're talking about all of these things to give like practical tips and advice on yep. how to live this virtue because this virtue within this virtue lies so much freedom and i would <clears throat> i would argue that um, living chastity has like been oh, the sweet. most freedom I've ever felt, absolutely, um, in my adult absolutely. life, and and just being able to to live a chaste life and to know that that's not even um, not even a, a debate anymore right. in my own life um, just provides me with a lot of freedom. It provides me with a lot of um, standards that just kind of come on their own. Yeah. So <clears throat> if a man is not willing to um, one, if a man does not love the Lord in general, I'm not interested. <laughs> right. um, but if a man is not willing to live out a chaste life and to lead me in a chaste life, yep. um, then I'm also not interested. Right. And it just kind of, it weeds out those that aren't worth my time. Not right. worth, That's right. everyone is worthy. But um, it just, it gives you so much freedom in this relationship discernment yep. um, for whatever vocation you're called to. It just gives you a lot of clarity.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know.
0: I think there's one last thing I want. Um, just from what you were saying, I realized we never really talked about the why um, or the purpose behind intimacy um, yep. in marriage and um, the purpose and the nature of sex. Um, and I think that that understanding chastity, understanding the marital act itself is important to understand chastity because mm-hmm. the reason it's unchaste is not because um, you don't love like it. It's not because um, simply because you're not married. Right. There are other things that go into that. Because chastity within marriage is still a thing too. Yeah, yeah. that's um, a whole other episode. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: but I think just to to recognize that that in order for um, in order to understand sex, the purpose and the nature of sex um, is to create unity with for the couple to that's unify. Right. Um, and to and to produce life, yep. um, and I think if both of those things aren't there, um, then then that union is not sufficient. And if you're not planning on being unified to that person for the rest of your life, which is what we assimilate to marriage. Mm-hmm, that's right. Um, yep,
1: and, and that's what that test. is what the Catechism says <coughs> when it comes to the purpose of sexual union. It's for procreation. Couple's got to be open to life, mm-hmm. and it's also for the what they say is the good of the couple, the mm-hmm. good of the marriage. Yeah. Um, it, it's good in and of itself for the couple to, to come together in that one flesh union. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's really cool what we spoke about in the, in the beginning um, <coughs> about in the Catechism um, about how we're made in God's image and likeness. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's important for us to realize because what is God? God, He's, he's a communion of persons. Mm-hmm. And if we're made in His image and likeness, then we're made for communion with other people. And I think what happens is because that's such a strong desire inside of the human heart, like this is what we're made for, it finds its most beautiful, perfect expression within uh, marital <laughs> union. Right. But it gets disordered whenever it Falls outside of marriage, right. so we're saying that it is—it's a, a good. We have to recognize it's a good within us. We're mm-hmm. made for communion. It's how—it's how we're built. It's how we're created, but it's communion first with God, right. and then with one another, and and marriage symbolizes that. And anything outside of that, disorders the image mm-hmm. of uh, of God in that way.
0: Yeah, I think in college for me, I like. I was telling Father before we started this episode, I didn't even know what chastity, I didn't even know what that word meant um, when I was in college. And I didn't even know, I didn't have any idea that people were living this way. Um, because my conversion happened so late in college. But um, one of my friends, who really brought me back to the church, invested in me. And when she shared um, her past struggles, and 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 then she also shared with me that that she was chaste. Um, and then I was like, oh, well, I get i can i do that and she said nice. absolutely like awesome. yes you can live that way um and i had no idea what that looked like and she she walked with me and talked with me um and let me know that yeah my past did not dictate my future and that we have a merciful god and a That's just right. god and That's we right. have the beauty of the sacrament of confession yep. um and so yeah if you're if you're feeling discouraged because you're like well i've already done all of these things um i've already um, been with someone in in an intimate way, um, I can't I can't go back. So what's the point? I'm here to tell you that that's just not that's just not truth. Um, there's so much freedom to be lived um, in this in this newfound freedom of living chastity, even yeah. after you've fallen, even after you've um, committed this sin. Our Our Lord looks at you with mercy and and sees you with mercy, and once right. you've Receive that mercy and receive that forgiveness. There's no turning back for him or for you.
1: That's
0: um, right. And you can look like you can look at the lives of the saints. There are so many saints who who reclaim chastity in their own life. Yep. I mean, Saint Augustine, <laughs> yeah. um, Saint, Saint Francis. Mary Magdalene, yeah, Saint Francis. Francis. Of the CC. Right. There are so yep. many Saint amazing, Ignatius. great saints of our church that reclaim chastity through the mercy of God. And and yep. yeah, we would never say that they aren't worthy. Uh, nope. We would never say that they aren't holy. Nope. Um, so the same, the same mercy and justice is there for you as well.
1: Yep. Amen.
0: Yeah. Um, well, cool. We are going to wrap up here. Um, <clears throat> but we just want to really encourage you guys, if you have questions that came from this, I think that there are about seven different spinoff episodes that we could have <laughs> had yeah, yeah. Um, from this conversation. So if you have any questions or if this made you think of something that you want to know, we would love to answer that for you. Um, you can submit any questions here at St. Thomas in the, the what the Catholic box is or you can um, send us a message on social media on our Facebook page or Instagram and we would love to answer these questions for you in future episodes but
1: yep. thank yeah.
0: you guys for tuning in Father, yep. I'm so great. glad you're here we pinned you down for <laughs> an Finally. hour <laughs> Finally, that uh,
1: was awesome, I didn't want to this is great
0: um, but yeah Tune in next week for our next episode, and thank you guys so much.
1: Yep, God bless y'all.